Today, we're going to talk about trust, what they are, do you need one, are they better than wills, or are they just a way for lawyers to make money? All this and more with Label on Fire. Welcome to Label on Fire with Label Sternbach, the financial independence and retirement show dedicated to helping you build the life of your dreams as fast as possible with as little stress as possible. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Label on Fire. And welcome to this episode of Label on Fire with Label Sternbach. He's Amazon's best-selling author of Living with Financial Anxiety and also the author of Authenticity. On this episode of Label on Fire, we're going to be talking about trust. Label, it's good to be with you again. How are you, sir? Hey, how are you doing today? Unbelievable. As a matter of fact, I was talking to my son-in-law about wills and about trust and all the rest of it. And so this topic is so timely. I wonder if it's just this time of the year, but I'm just curious. A lot of people online have been saying that they own everything in a trust. So should everyone have a trust label? I don't think so. <laughs> really? Yeah, I'm, I'm not a big fan of trusts. I think that trusts, I think trusts are good for the right person in the right circumstance. But for many people, they're just a hindrance or they worse, they give you this false sense of security that you've taken care of the things that need to be taken care of when in fact, all you've done is introduce complications that didn't exist before. Let's back up just one second, and I'm not going to assume that everybody understands exactly what a trust is. Can you give us a Reader's Digest version of the nomenclature of a trust? Yeah, so a trust is a legal entity that it's a legal entity that owns your assets, right? So it, while you're still alive, it can be something that's tied to you and your social security number. Or it can be something that's completely independent, like a corporation, right? And it's something that you get to dictate kind of the rules of how it operates. So you can say, I want this legal entity to own this investment account. And I want it to invest it according to my moral standards or for this investment goal. And I want it to divvy up its assets and pay for different things, right? And when you're thinking about as an individual, I want to, I want to have control of something after I'm gone. A trust is one of the ways to do that, right? You can, you, while you're alive, you can have a company and you can pay people to do things for you. After you're dead, you're, you your ability to influence events is limited to say the least and as a as a legal entity you no longer exist right there's an estate which exists for up to a year potentially but generally it disappears very quickly so if you wanted to have an impact you wanted to control how things happened years after you passed a trust is one of the ways to do it but i think the key takeaway here is that a trust is just a legal entity that operates by a very specific set of rules that you've outlined in a trust document. And it's then subject to all the rules and laws and regulations of a trust. But I want you to just keep in mind, it's just a legal entity. That's all it is. There's no like trust police. There's no <laughs> government agency that comes out of the woodworks and says, oh, does somebody have a trust? No, it's literally just the pieces of paper that you paid the lawyer for that allow somebody who's the trustee 
to then do things, right? It gives them, it's like a power of attorney, but it's for the trust, not for you. Got it. We're talking with Label Sternbach this week, and we're talking about the trust. So are there different kinds of trust label? There are different kinds of trusts. The most common types of trusts, the most common one is what's called a revocable trust. Sometimes it's called a trial trust. And what it is, it allows you to test out the idea of a trust before committing to it. So all the assets that are owned by this trust are still fully in your control. You can put money into it. You can take money out at any point that you want to. It doesn't have to file a separate tax return. It just has this document and it has the ability to open accounts in its own name. So it's if you were to create your own LLC and you were the only owner of this company, it is no different than that. The IRS doesn't treat it any differently. It just gives you the ability to own things in the name of the trust rather than you're in your own name, which brings me to why people you hear people talking about having a trust. The same benefits that having a limited liability company comes with that in theory, if you're doing a business, people can't sue you personally. They have to sue the business and it gives you protection. A trust has a certain amount of creditor protection that it in, it establishes because you can sue the trust if the trust is engaged in an activity, it owns property or whatever, and somebody sues the property, they're going to sue the trust and they can't come after you. Conversely, if you own, if you get sued and you have assets in the trust, depending on your state, some or all of those assets may be protected from creditors coming after you. So that's one of the reasons that people advocate for having trusts while you're alive. If getting sued is a real concern, having said that, there's much better ways to take care of it than a trust. It's, a trust is not necessarily the best vehicle for protecting from lawsuits, but it is one of the vehicles out there. Now, that's only one type of trust. Another type of trust is something known as an irrevocable trust. And it's irrevocable because once you create it and once you give it money, you can't get it back. That is the very definition of why it's irrevocable. Revocable means you, as a person who gives the money, can take it back at any time. Irrevocable means you cannot take it back at any time. And an irrevocable trust is really its own entity. It is required to file its own tax returns, right? So it's a lot more work involved. It also gets taxed at the highest tax bracket, right? So you really got to ask yourself, is it beneficial for me to have all this money, in a, excuse me, have all this money in a trust that has to distribute its income and its gains every single year? Otherwise, it gets taxed at the highest tax bracket. And for some people, the answer is yes, it absolutely makes sense. But for the vast majority of people, there's no real benefit to it. And then I'm going to leave you just with one other type of trust. It's called testamentary trust. It's what it basically means that upon the death of a person, it gets created. So it's possible that with a life insurance policy or with a will that you could create a trust that didn't exist prior to you you dying, but at the moment of death, it gets created and it suddenly takes on powers. Interesting. Everyone, we're talking with Label this week about trust. So we learned about the one that keeps you from getting sued, or if you expect to get sued, that trust is there, the irrevocable trust, number two, and then the testimony trust. So as a global sense, with all those three, and you mentioned there may even be one more, what is a trust then label better than a will in most cases? 
So it depends on your purpose. They serve different purposes. And there are other trusts that serve like specific use cases because an ETF is technically, it's an exchange traded fund that is a trust. A mutual fund is another type of trust. So there's lots of other uses for this trust vehicle other than individuals. And so there, there are some really cool things that can be done with it for the right person in the right place. Having said that, for most people, if you're using it in the place of a will, then I would say there are, again, better options for the vast majority of people if to be able to control how their assets transfer to their children, their loved ones, their, who they want to be beneficiaries of their wealth. There are better ways of enacting that than a trust, because a trust at the end of the day unless you need the specific legal protections of a trust, it's just a complicated document. That's really all it is. And there are far simpler documents that you can use to do what most trusts do. So then is it is it too simple then, Label, to say, okay, I've got this Word document, these are our thoughts, and these are our actions, this is what we're committing to, sign it, go to a notary and have it notarized, is that good enough for a will or a working document to satisfy the needs? So for if we're just talking about I want my assets to transfer to my loved ones, then that's really what a will is. However, what I would caution you is that in the ideal world, you do not want your assets to transfer after death. You want those assets to have transferred prior to death. And you're like, but wait, I don't want my kids to have my money before I die. I want them to get it after I die. I want to retain that control. And the way we do this is when you open up your accounts, when you own your home, when you, whenever you title an asset, whenever you take possession of it, you want to make sure that you have an agreement with whoever is actually holding that asset, however you're owning that asset, that it specifies what happens upon death. So if your retirement accounts, I'm sure you remember setting this up, that they have a beneficiary form. They say, who do you want your money to go to? When you open up a retirement account in your own name, an individual retirement account, Roth account, a brokerage account, even a bank account, you can do this on. You can, to some extent, and depending on your state, you may even be able to do with your property where you say that I want this asset to transfer to these people when I die. Now, here's the cool thing. When that happens, and this has been held up by the Supreme Court multiple times, the document that you signed while you were still alive that said that the bank needs to transfer that money to your beneficiary or to wherever it is that you want it to transfer to, that holds up in court and supersedes any wills or trusts. And so that, and because it supersedes those, because that comes First, in the pecking order, it allows your bank or your life insurance company or your brokerage account or your retirement accounts to transfer that money almost immediately because it's just a private agreement between you and them, which means the quickest way to ensure that your loved ones have access to your money is to make sure that you have these beneficiary forms set up instead of having this complicated will or trust. Because in an ideal world, you don't ever need a will or trust. Let's just be honest about that, right? Let's be realistic. What happens when a person dies, when they pass away? It, ideally, we don't want the state involved, right? We want their spouse or their loved ones to be able to take over their bank accounts and continue paying expenses as if nothing happened, right? Because any interruption in, the, in finances can end up in things going in default or collections or 
creditors repossessing property. And we don't want that, right? We want our bills to keep paying. And so to facilitate that, we want our bank accounts to automatically transfer over to our surviving spouse. We want our cars and our property to automatically transfer to our surviving spouse or to our children. And the best way to do that is through beneficiaries. And the courts don't want us coming to them every time somebody dies. They don't want you to come filing to them. Most states have a threshold where they say if it's under a certain amount, don't tell us about it. You decide what to do and if you need to even file an an estate return. And for the vast majority of people, they can settle their estates without the courts being involved, without lawyers being involved, without even the IRS being involved. And that's the ideal circumstance. And I think that's what we should strive for. And it's only when we have circumstances that can't be where we need to have some kind of protection, like we have young kids and we want to make, and we don't have a spouse that we trust maybe, or maybe we don't have a spouse, right? Or we're worried about both spouses passing and we want to make sure that our kids are protected and taken care of according to our wishes, That's when you start getting into, I want to have a will, I want to have a trust. And for most of my clients, what I really recommend to them is think about your will as more of a telling people what you want to have happen after you die, rather than directing them to, I want this person to have this possession versus that possession, right? It shouldn't be about that. That should be taken care of long before a will gets involved. It should be more of, this is how I want to be buried. This is where I want to be buried. These are where my things are that you should know about. And here's who I trust to dispose of my assets and take care of any things that need to be taken care of. Got it. We're about at 30 seconds, and I know our listeners can listen to this statement again via a number of different recording vehicles. But is there a place at yields4u.com that you would have information about trust? Yeah. So if you go to our website, you go to the resources section, we've got an estate planning guide. I call it the five minute estate planning guide. Go ahead and take a look at that. You can also search through the blogs. We've got articles on trusts and estates and all that kind of stuff. But I would really recommend if you if you have questions about this, and this is something that pertains to you and you're not sure what to do, reach out, book a quick call on our calendar, and we'll be more than happy to walk you through it or refer you to, if a trust is the thing that's ideal for you, refer you to one of our trusted advisors. He is the man. He takes the anxiety out of dealing with your money. And that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us next week as we talk about the simple estate plan that everyone needs to have in place before they relocate to a better place. This is Label on Fire. If you would like to see how the Yields for You team can help you get off the Wall Street roller coaster and save you money on taxes so you can live the life of your dreams, book an appointment online at yieldsforyou.com. That's yieldsforyou.com. Or call 410-914-4894. That's 410-914-4894. Yields for You is a registered investment advisor in the state of New York and only transacts business in states where the firm is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Registration as an investment advisor is not an endorsement. Information presented on this program is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. Discussion should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell or solicitation of any offer to buy or sell the investments mentioned. Annuity guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Content should not be viewed as legal or tax advice. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation.